1: And hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program, Trace Jackson Davis named a preseason All-American. No surprise there. We're gearing up for basketball season and trying to, I don't know, move past football in some regard. We did hear from Coach Allen yesterday that Jack Tuttle is listed as week to week. That's what they also told us about Michael Penix a few weeks ago, and he really hasn't come back into the fold or into the discussion much to know what the status on his health is. So the assumption is for Maryland week – Uh, The IU opponent coming up on Saturday, on the road, by the way, uh, we assume that Donovan McCauley will be the starting quarterback for IU football. The third string quarterback going to be a walk-on this season. Uh, That was the plan, and of course, because of injuries and other issues, uh, he is going to be the go-to guy. The freshman from Lawrence North, an in-state kid, getting an opportunity early on. Perhaps this pays dividends for IU football down the road, but clearly A disappointing season, Uh, doesn't matter what facet of the uh, team you look at. Maybe defense, the one thing that does uh, seem uh, maybe normal or decent or good for IU football. Everything else has been a big disappointment. And so we'll see how this team is able to finish up the rest of the way. But I got news for you. Unless you're an IU diehard football fan, uh, as we head into November 1st, Just four days from now, all of the interest is heading toward the basketball season. And uh, because of the record and the lack of performance, the injuries, whatever you want to chalk it up to, uh, this IU football team is going to be lost, I think, in the dust for the most part when it comes to coverage and uh, maybe the season that was or could have been. It sure has not worked out that way. So is there a chance to recover? Possibly still a tough road ahead with Michigan on the schedule Uh, Obviously, Purdue is better than what we thought. There's some road games coming up. I saw Indiana. I think the opening line uh, was a a three-and-a-half-point underdog to Maryland, but uh, this is a game Indiana has to win no matter what their record is, who the starting QB is. Uh, Indiana needs a victory this weekend when they uh, head to Maryland. So IU basketball, we'll have a lot of that discussion today. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a moment. We'll take a look at uh, the Zaxby's headlines for today, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Also later in the hour, we'll be joined by Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. He'll check in on IU basketball. And then Mike Pegram of Pigs.com is going to join us a little later. In the hour, we'll catch up on some recruiting with Mike and also touch on some football topics and look ahead to Maryland over the weekend as well. And that's the show lineup for this Tuesday program a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. A couple programming notes before we go any farther got some good guests. Uh, lined up for you coach gibbons from down in covington georgia he's the coach of jakai newton he's going to join us thursday on our program and also thursday i know there's a lot of interest in sean east former new albany player and kobe barnes former Floyd central player both of those guys went d1 out of school Uh, barnes was at indiana state of course uh, sean east went to umass and then transferred last season to bradley but when the extra year of covid eligibility came about They decided to kind of team up and go to one year of junior college basketball together and try basically to get re-recruited. The junior college scene can be big as far as getting a number of schools from across the country to check out your games, especially if you can make it to that postseason where they bring the top 16 teams together and play out the national championship bracket. But both of those guys are at John A. Logan a junior college in Illinois, and Logan is going to be really, really good in JUCO basketball this year. And Kyle Smith-Peters, who's kind of a veteran of the junior college game, he's going to join us Thursday on our program as well. So we'll have a loaded show on Thursday. Make sure you're with us live for that one here on The Big X. Also, don't forget you can send us a text. Uh, We got a few texts into the show already. I'll go through those here in just a moment. But the Thornton's text line is always open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can send in your thoughts on anything, whether it's IU football, basketball, local sports, trying to get more input and communication with some of the great listeners we have. And it doesn't matter if you're listening live on the radio or on the podcast. We'll check the uh, the text line all the time. You can send in your questions or comments, 502-414-1450. And don't forget that Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of your best pick-me-up items each day including their fresh coffee and delicious donuts, and we'd love to hear from you. So send us a text for our guest today. Sound off on your thoughts on the high school football, state tournament, whatever it is. We want to hear from you each and every day here On the program. All right, let's get into the Zaxby's headlines. A summary of the day's top IU in Southern Indiana Sports News. Trace Jackson Davis, named a preseason All American by the Associated Press. It was announced yesterday. TJD, back for maybe an unexpected year uh, under Coach Woodson, uh, averaged 19.1 points and nine rebounds last season for the Hoosiers. And I didn't realize this. He was the only player in a Power 5 conference to average at least 19 points and at least 9 rebounds last season. So he's going to have a lot of eyes on him this year, and he is the first returning All-American at Indiana since 1993, and that player was Calbert Chaney. I don't think there's any surprise about that as well. Also, a couple recruiting notes. Uh, Noah Clowney, we know he's set to make his decision the day after Halloween. So he is going to make an announcement on Monday. He is down to uh, a handful of schools. Indiana, people think, is in pretty good shape, that uh, maybe one, two schools. Uh, Other people, some have said Indiana, Virginia Tech, they think are the leaders. But no one really knows for sure. The schools on his final list all seem to be uh, in reasonable shape with him. But he was, I had a couple questions yesterday I didn't get to. He was at Alabama yesterday for an official visit. Or over the weekend, I should say, for an official visit. And people said, how did that go? Were there any reports from there? Uh, Obviously, Alabama had a football game over the weekend, so you know that the crowd was amazing. You know the setting for SEC football is really special, so you have to believe that they were able to put on a good show. I did not realize that they had, over the weekend, an event, I think it was maybe Saturday night, called Tide Tip-Off which was, I guess, their version of Hoosier Hysteria. And then they had a closed exhibition game against Louisiana on Sunday. I'm not sure uh, if he – I'm assuming if he was on an official visit, he was allowed into that contest. But so a busy weekend, it sounds like, for Noah Clowney. And obviously, when you put a football game with a tip-off event for a program like Alabama that's kind of trending upwards and coming off a – was it a Sweet 16 appearance or Elite Eight appearance a year ago? It slips my mind. Uh, obviously they were able to put on a show for him and so we'll see if alabama is uh, got a chance to landy but we're going to find out soon noah clowney could be i think the last really really uh is special and important piece in what's already a good 2022 class for indiana i think when you look at who indiana has in that 2022 class and if you include clowney in that mix that uh, for mike woodson and his staff coming in in the first year, I know there was some continuity from Kenya Hunter to uh, Mike Woodson. And of course, Dane Fife has lots of Big Ten contacts as uh, his, uh, his time as assistant coach at Michigan State. But I think a really good, on paper at least, recruiting class, especially for Coach Woodson, if Noah Clowney comes into the fold. And we're going to find out next Monday. That'll kind of be, I think, the last piece, unless something develops really late in the uh, current seniors. For high school basketball uh, this upcoming season. I mentioned this at the top of the show, but uh, Coach Allen said yesterday that Jack Tuttle is week-to-week with a foot injury, and so that means that Donovan McCauley, who is a, I guess I called him a freshman earlier, I guess technically a walk-on redshirt, uh, or excuse me, Donovan McCauley would be a freshman and then walk-on redshirt sophomore Grant Grimmel who we saw a little bit in the uh, loss to Ohio State over the weekend as well, got some snaps. But the plan is, obviously, uh, to, uh, to 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 use McCauley, to utilize McCauley as a starting quarterback this weekend. And, again, Michael Penix, I've had people say, what's the status with him? Uh, he is still, from what Indiana is sending out, he is still listed as week-to-week by IU as well. So Penix week-to-week, Tuttle week-to-week, McCauley expected to be the starting quarterback, at least for the foreseeable future, until one of those other two guys is available to come back and go. Update on a couple Hoosiers in the NBA. O.G. Ananobi had a really good preseason, but not so much a good start to the regular season. He had been in a little bit of slump in the first week and a half or so of NBA play. But over the weekend, I think it was Saturday against Dallas, it was Toronto playing Dallas, Uh, Ananobi had 20 first-half points scoring from all over the floor. And so good news for OG, who's expected to have a good year, a solid year for the Raptors. And Romeo Lankford, if you're keeping up with him, uh, he got some uh, early opportunities to start the year. He had an unbelievable start to the NBA regular season. But guess what? Romeo, the last two games, has been listed on the IR, the injury reserve list for the Celtics. He was listed as doubtful last night and did not play against Houston because of left calf tightness, and we'll see uh, what the status will be for Romeo in his next game. Doesn't sound like anything serious. Doesn't sound like anything that's going to keep him out for any length of time whatsoever, but if you look back at the story of Romeo Langford uh, beyond New Albany, at IU with with the hand injury, uh, and now in the NBA and even the G League through his th- first three years, whether it's something serious or With a long recovery, whether it's COVID that keeps him out and gets him out of the mix for a few weeks, or whether it's something as simple as left calf tightness uh, that he's listed as having on the uh, injury list for the Celtics. Uh, Big things, little things uh, have kept him sidelined and I really think have kept him out of a rhythm. He looked great in the preseason. He followed up that preseason effort after a good opportunity in the summer to really get some run. Uh, and now that he's actually getting some minutes, or he was, in the start of the regular season, you know, he goes out for a couple games, maybe a few more games, who knows. Uh, just kind of gets him out of his rhythm when they was, uh, he really appeared to be, be on his way to becoming a rotational player for the Celtics as well. One other headline as we head to break here in just a moment, close out this opening segment. The Floyd Central tennis duo, seniors Landon Hodges and Colin Jacoby, They were defeated Saturday morning in the state semifinals. I meant to give them a shout-out yesterday. We try to recognize uh, some even from the sports we don't talk about on a regular basis. Floyd's tennis program has been so good for a number of years. They were knocked out, those two were, by Carmel's duo who would go on to win the state championship. But a shout-out to Hodges and Jacoby of Floyd Central on a great season and a great career as well at Floyd Central, really making some noise in the postseason, getting all the way to the uh, final few rounds of the state tournament. That's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. Don't forget, you can send a text in, 502-414-1450. Text writes in, is there a way to listen to a recording of the Matt D. show from yesterday? Yes, you can always find our podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do in the search bar is type in the Hoosier report with Matt Dennison you can find all of our old episodes you can subscribe for free if you want to get them in your notifications each and every day and again if you're with us live on the radio or online or listening on podcast on your own time we appreciate you being with us but you can always find us uh, as a podcast We'll head to a break we're going to talk some IU basketball next with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. This is the Hoosier report with Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday program. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is my guest. He joins me to talk basically IU basketball in this segment today. And Mike, uh, you can follow Mike, by the way, at Daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter and the website com for lots of additional IU football and basketball coverage. Mike, uh, Trace Jackson Davis named a preseason All-American yesterday, and I don't think there's any surprise with that honor. It just is a reminder to me when he gets these big accolades in the preseason that he has a lot resting on his shoulders this year in year one for Coach Woodson, not only to lead Indiana, but to try and improve his stock for the professional game, perhaps as soon as after this year. I think we lost Mike Schumann. We'll try to reconnect with him in just a moment. But we're going to get to some IU basketball with Mike here in just a moment. Don't forget, coming up later in the hour, uh, Mike Pegram of the Peaks.com website will join us. And with him, we're going to focus on some basketball recruiting topics and also IU football as well. When Mike reconnects, we're going to talk Trace Jackson Davis, uh, maybe the potential starting lineup for the Hoosiers this year because the season is oh so close Uh, With the first game coming up uh, really in just about two weeks from now, we are going to have college basketball. So let me uh, know, Doug, when we have Mike back on the line and we will reconnect with him here in just a couple moments, we sure hope, and uh, have some IU basketball discussion. In the meantime, you can send a text to us at 502-414-1450. Got a couple on the text line for Mike when he rejoins the program. And again, speaking of basketball season coming up, Uh, It will be here November 9th, the first date. I think actually the first games of the season, uh, November 6th or 7th, but November 9th will be the uh, first IU game uh, to follow, and that's going to be obviously a lot of fun. So, Doug, do we have Mike Schumann? I think we've got him with us now again. Mike, glad to have you with us. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, uh, the honors he's getting in the preseason to me, are no surprise. It's just a reminder of how big of a year he needs to have for this IU team. And really, it's not just about this season for him. It's about maybe upgrading his game for the professional level as well after this year.
3: Yeah, obviously, first team preseason AP All-American, that's a really prestigious honor. I I would agree, not not necessarily a surprise. And I, I think it also goes to you know a higher expectation for for the team as a whole this year i mean i think you know those kind of honors aren't typically bestowed on players that are parts of teams that aren't expected to do well so i think it does speak to a a general overarching higher expectation for the program but I, i i think trace is going to be just a fascinating player to watch this year because of all the the talk going into the season since he announced his return really about you know that the aspects of his game that that he now openly speaks to you know wanting to change you know not just for for the betterment of the team but as you said for his his nba prospects down the road and really just how all that's going to play out i mean i think you know is, is he going to become an elite perimeter shooter and a you know a an equally potent weapon with his right hand, I think those are going to be fascinating things to, to watch. But I, I think what may ultimately play out is there's just a lot of other aspects to his game that, that could end up being you know, improved that we aren't necessarily thinking about because he's just operating with a lot more space and a completely new system this year.
1: You know, Mike, I think in some ways uh, Trace – is a real study for Mike Woodson and what the future of this program could look like. Texter makes a great point. The, the the text into us on the Thornton's text line says, What are the odds that Woodson can raise Trace Jackson Davis's draft stock? And if he does that, the sky will be the limit, I think, for recruiting. I think that is a great point that TJD being convinced, and, and Coach Woodson has discussed it publicly a few times. Uh, that he went to him and said, you know, you need to come back, and here's why, and he listed some specific reasons. And if Trace can gain some ground uh, in those areas of concern as far as a professional future goes, being a more rounded basketball player, I, I think the texture has a great point. It can really aid Mike Woodson's recruiting, which is already off to a hot start.
3: Yeah, the, the, there's just no doubt about that. I mean, Woodson's doing a lot of successful recruiting now, on more faith than anything, and so down the road, he's he's going to have to point to things like you know look, look at what I did for this player, or look at look at how we play as a team, and those are going to be things that he's going to be judged on. Now, right now, he's got a little bit of a recruiting grace period, probably more so than many of us expected that that he could have, where, where guys are you know trusting that hey, this is a long term NBA coach, he knows what he's talking about. But, but it's definitely going to transition over, over time here to more of results-oriented recruiting. And so Trace is absolutely going to be one of those guys that people point to.
1: All right, Mike, uh, I don't think I've had this discussion on the show for the last few months. Uh, I think I thought about it, talked about it maybe a bit when the Bahamas trip came around, but we're close enough to really start to drill in on it uh, starting lineup for this year. What do you think is the most likely starting lineup? Coach Woodson goes with November 9th when the Hoosiers open the season, or is there, you think, a a possibility of a number of different combinations that could be used here early on?
3: Yeah, I I think it, I think the guys you you lock in are obviously Trace. I think Grace Thompson will get the, the first go at, at the four spot. Um, Actually, writing something pretty lengthy on him right now. I think he's going to be a real interesting guy to watch, just because I think the way Woodson wants to play is going to be highly dependent on having a four that you know can be out on the perimeter, that can shoot, that can handle it, and you know that that hasn't been who he has been at Indiana. It's not necessarily saying that he can't do that. So I think it's going to be interesting to watch him kind of transition back to really a lot of who he was as a high school player, as more of a skilled four, as he was described at the time. So I think Trace and Rays seem pretty locked in right now. I would definitely bet on Xavier Johnson at the point guard, although I think he is being pushed by Rob. I think that's a really healthy competition there at the one. The the other spots I'd say are more open. Uh, it was Parker Stewart and Miller Kopp in the Bahamas. Um, that that
2: could hold up. I think
3: whether it's it's week one or you know week four. I think eventually, I'd put my money on Tamar Bates claiming one of those spots. Uh, I think a lot of people would be refreshed if there wasn't necessarily a fixed starting lineup and it was more game by game game planning, you know, scheming, opposition and things like that. So. Um, but, but let's, since you're, you're putting me on the (laughs) spot here, I'll I'll say that Smart Bates goes ahead and and jumps into that spot at either the two or the three. And if, if cop's fully healthy, I know he, he struggled some with his ankle coming all the way out from the Bahamas, but I expect him to be back for the the season opener. I'll put Bates and cop in those other two spots.
1: I mean, Mike, I would be, again, I have no idea what's going on in practices or behind the scenes, but. Just based on the names you're talking about and the names we talk about on this program every day, I would be surprised if early on there aren't a couple of different combinations just because Indiana has so many different options that possibly make sense and are coming in with a lot of hype to the program or returning uh, to the program with a lot of hype. I'm not sure I would have ever thought Rob Fennessy would be anywhere near the starting lineup and maybe even on the roster for the next coach at Indiana. But we're hearing so many good things about him from Coach Woodson and Coach Fife. Maybe he's somewhere close to that starting core. I've got to believe we'll see a few different rotations, especially early on.
3: Yeah, I, I would agree with that sentiment. I think that's something a lot of fans got frustrated with during the Archie Miller regime as it just seemed like no matter what happened, no matter who they were playing, no matter what the matchups were, the starting lineup remained the same. And, and I think based on Woodson's de- defensive emphasis and some things he's already talked about here in the preseason, like, you know, like a Miller cop, you know, it, is he always going to be the best defensive matchup, um, you know, especially if you get got him at the three, trying to guard some, you know, three-guard lineups. So th- those are some things I, I'd keep an eye on that I, you know, I, I would be surprised if we don't see a lot of different combinations out there. You know, we're not even talking about a, another guy that, that I think is really going to test – the 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 playing time allocation either at the three or the four and that's Jordan Geronimo I mean I I probably already mentioned him on your show but he he was just somebody in the Bahamas that you know I I wasn't even trying to watch the guy but every time out of the corner of my eye I would see this guy just moving at a different pace than everybody else a different effort level really impacting the game in a lot of different ways and I think he's going to be a guy that Eventually, you know, kind of like Grace, if he can if he can do the, the the shooting and the ball handling, it's going to be really hard to keep off the floor and is really a, a defensive presence that maybe a guy like Cop isn't. So there's going to be all kinds of different combinations, and uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the staff approaches it.
1: Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest talking IU basketball as we get ready to head into November and the start of the season. Uh, what do you think the biggest challenges will be for this Indiana team? Areas of concern, maybe areas of weakness. I think fans will, will probably be haunted by shooting uh, for a number of years to come, regardless of the improvements that Indiana has or hasn't made this off season. But uh, what do you think will be areas of concern or things you're going to be watching for uh, early on to see if this Indiana team has made some improvements?
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you have to probably start with shooting i mean even though it's become almost cliche with this team to, to talk about it it absolutely is a point of concern I, I think they've while they've addressed the issue they haven't necessarily brought in guys that you think of as okay you know whatever whatever their limitations are they're they just a an absolute knockdown shooter i think you know even guys like cop have had streaks through their careers that that give you pause and, and think you know it, it's not necessarily a certainty with this team and they, the, the point guards that they have are, are not necessarily knockdown shooters either so I think you start there um, w- one thing I'm really interested to see with this team and really any team in the Big Ten um, but I think it's a point of emphasis with Woodson is just how much tempo and pace they can play with uh, I think it really held back the program and I think it really was uh, an issue of just not having a point guard with that that kind of mindset. you you got to have a point guard that's almost reckless. I think Xavier Johnson is that guy, and that's why I think he's kind of leading the way at, at the point guard spot right now. Um, I think, you know, this, this touches so many different areas. It touches recruiting because recruits want to see an up-tempo style. It, it, and I think you have to play up-tempo to be – effective in today's game if you want to space the floor if you want to do so many different things I, I I remember I don't watch a lot of basketball outside of the Big 10 and I remember being blown away as the NCAA tournament progressed and I watched more of Baylor and Gonzaga and just how much different their style looked than than what the Big 10 looked like on most nights and I think that's where Indiana wants to go, whether or not they can do it the way the Big Ten is officiated is something I'm really going to be focused in on.
1: Absolutely. Good stuff. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Uh, While we're talking about the upcoming season, let's go back and revisit the schedule, especially the schedule early on for this team. Things get underway November 9th with Eastern Michigan at Assembly Hall, uh, followed by Northern Illinois on November 12th. Then the real first challenge of the year is uh, also in Bloomington. St. John's comes to town as part of the Gavit Games series that will take place between the Big Ten and Big East conferences. Overall, I just really like the setup of this schedule. Uh, yes, the schedule, the non-conference portion specifically, does lack maybe a big, sexy matchup where Indiana is going to take on one of the current powers in college basketball or participate in one of the big early season tournaments like the Maui Invitational. But for this team and for the challenges ahead for them and where this program has been at recently, I think the schedule is set up very conducively uh, to benefit Big Ten play and, of course, ultimately uh, try to help this team have a little bit of a padding when it comes to their record for the NCAA tournament. Uh, Again, we haven't played a game yet. We have no idea what Coach Woodson, as far as the the critiques and, and the positives that he will do with the team, but one thing I give him and his staff hats off so far, they've set a schedule that is conducive, I think, for their ball club coming in this year.
3: Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, I, I know big picture, long-term fans want to see more high-profile games in the preseason, and, and that's completely understandable. Um, but I think uh, what they've done here, when they're when they're trying to implement a new system, when they've um, got a lot of new guys on on the roster, and probably there's been some. Benefits that they didn't even foresee, because there's just been a lot of nicks and bumps and bruises here in the last month. That you know, guys probably haven't gotten as much run in practice as they would have hoped. So I think there's a lot of reasons why this particular schedule for this season is one that will allow them to to round into form, um, perhaps in a way that they they won't necessarily need to do down the road as there's more continuity with the, with the staff and the players. Um, <laughs> I keep going back to Archie Miller's first game. I'm, I'm probably going to write something about it um, right before Woodson's first game. Cause I, I just, you know, I, I think it's fascinating to look back in, at, at Miller's time at Indiana now or with that particular game in hindsight. If people don't remember it, they get got blown off the floor by Indiana state at home. I mm-hmm. think it was one of the, the biggest margins of loss at assembly hall in the history of the program. Mm-hmm. And you just think about, okay, we know how Miller's era turned out, but at the same time, it it gives you a little bit of insight that these things take time. I mean, there were some good moments in in subsequent seasons, but that, that particular team was not at all ready to play basketball. And so seguing back to, to this year, I think it it's points to, hey, it, it's probably a good idea to have some, some easier games on this preseason
1: schedule. Yeah, no question about it. And, you know, just the setup of the schedule, Eastern Michigan, Northern Illinois at home, and then St. John's at home. So three home games to start the year, really more than that. But you get two test games and then a real challenge game at home. Then you've got three more home games, Louisiana, Jackson State, Marshall. None of those are extremely exciting, but basketball is back. Fans will be able to be in attendance. And then after those three games, you have your first road challenge of the year at Syracuse. So, not just who they're playing, and I know that these aren't, again, sexy opponents is the word I use to describe uh, a lot of them, but I just like even the setup within those games of a couple challenges at home, and then St. John's comes to Assembly Hall. A couple more challenges at home, and then the Hoosiers go on the road at Syracuse, which I think will be a big challenge.
3: Yeah, no doubt, And, and they don't play anybody in that pre conference stretch that you feel like they, they have no shot at winning. Of course it's hard to know anything when we haven't actually seen the product on the floor, but you know, even Syracuse, St John's, Notre Dame, the three high majors in the non conference, they're they're not they're they're all respectable programs, but none of them are expected to be, you know, final four type teams. So I think they're they're good fair test without, you know, worrying too much about getting embarrassed or anything like that. So I, I would agree. I, I like the setup. It's it's gonna be interesting to see for a lot of reasons how attendance is at these games, you know, with with still coming out of the, the pandemic and uh, we haven't really seen too much of, you know, how fans feel about the the restrictions and all that stuff. So I think, in coupled with the, the nature of the opponents, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the attendance goes and all that stuff. But I, I'm interested to watch this team. I'm interested to see how things develop and the program gets implemented. And so, irrespective of who they're playing, it's going to be fascinating to watch things unfold here really I guess we're what two weeks away now at this point which is hard to hard to believe
1: yeah exciting though and one more thing on the schedule I guess you know after the challenge at Syracuse even the layout and of course this this wasn't I used doing this is assigned by the Big Ten office but even the layout of those two early Big Ten games Nebraska at home and then Wisconsin on the road I know IU fans and the feeling about playing at Wisconsin in the Kohl Center and how tough that's been. Uh, But even those two games early on, I think those are two great Big Ten games to have early. You're not taking on a Michigan or Purdue or anyone else in that middle tier. Nebraska's going to be okay, and I guess Wisconsin as well will be the better of the two early teams. But taking the schedule a step further, I even like the layout of the early Big Ten games. I just think there's a lot – that's laid out correctly for this IU team, whether it's the doings of IU or randomly through the big 10 assigning those two early games, just a lot to like about this schedule. If you're trying to see this program rebuild.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think that that even extends, I think their first January big 10 game is against Penn state. As I look at it here, then, you know, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska again. So that There is definitely an easing in aspect to this schedule, I'll, I'll say, and I hope nobody calls me out on this down, <laughs> down the road, but I, I think between those first two Big Ten games, I like Indiana to go into Wisconsin and finally get a win there, probably even more than I like them to beat Nebraska at home. I think Nebraska is such a unique challenge with the way Boyberg plays. He's really upgraded his talent. I think they're a sneaky team that's going to pull a lot of upsets this year. I'm not predicting like a NCAA tournament run or anything like that, but I don't think they're any longer that team that you can just kind of check off and say that they're going to be an easy win. They really weren't the last few years for Indiana specifically anyway, but I think they're going to present challenges. So that, that'll be an entertaining game just because of the way they play. But I, I, I think that Wisconsin game, Wisconsin to me is a team that, you know, Greg Gard's really going to be challenged this year because he's lost so much. There There's some off-the-court issues that have been well-documented and and how well he can hold that together. I mean, he surprised me in the past, so maybe I'm underestimating them. But, man, I, I look at that game and think Indiana's got to be – thinking this is finally the year they go up there and get a win.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hurt, Hoosier. Mike, one other question as we look to the upcoming season, which, as you mentioned, is basically two weeks exactly away from us right now. Uh, what do you think the fan uh, – we know the fan interest is high right now in IU basketball. There's no no question about that, and that's thanks to Mike Woodson. That's thanks to the Bahamas trip. That's thanks to some good recruiting successes so far, some new additions to the roster as well, but what do you think the fan interest is going to be like for some of these early games? We mentioned that the non-conference schedule does lack, uh, you know, some of the, the the top boys in college basketball on the schedule. Uh, but but is Assembly Hall going to be packed? Is Assembly Hall going to be loud and deafening? Archie Miller mentioned this, in fact, last week in the. The Goodman podcast that you and I broke down on the program. He mentioned that Assembly Hall would be a really tough play to place to play, especially this year because fans would be back. So, do you think fans are going to come back in droves, even for some of these early games that aren't the most enticing of opponents?
3: Yeah, like like I said before, I think it's going to be real interesting to watch that because you got so many different variables at play. You got the enthusiasm that you mentioned. You got, you know, really over a year of pent up demand where people just haven't been back in Assembly Hall. But you also have opponents that you know people aren't typically excited about. I think it doesn't always get picked up on TV. But some of these low major pre -pre conference games don't aren't really well attended, and there's big gaps of, of empty seats in the corners and up in the balcony. So. Yeah, I'll be interested to see just how well people turn out for those games. And then you've got all the elements like, you know, are people going to want to wear masks and, you know, not not that we want to get into that stuff. Here, but it's part of the equation um, in, in terms of this particular season. So it's going to be real interesting to watch. I'd be stunned if in the first game, with just all the enthusiasm and pent-up demand, if it's not really well attended, but then I guess we'll see how it plays out from there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, IU football, uh, we're going to talk some about that in the next segment when Peagues joins the show. But I tell you what, uh, with the way that this team, not just losing, but the way that they're losing, and Coupled with injuries and just, I don't know, lack of uh, momentum at all. I don't know how to describe it. With basketball season starting, Mike, I see this IU football program taking a real hit when it comes to attendance and fan interest. Uh, This season is just really uh, going in a place I thought many thought it would not go.
3: Yeah, and it's unfortunate because I've been pleasantly surprised with how well-attended the early games were, you know, especially think about that Idaho game, that that's historically a game you think maybe you'd get like 30, 35,000 and it was pushing a sellout. I think it ended up at 47 and and it's held up since, um, you know, obviously some assists there from local opposing fans like Cincinnati and Ohio state to, to produce a couple sellouts, but, you know, overall really well-attended games. But if they come back here in a few weeks and they're two and seven uh that those Minnesota and Rutgers games I, in, in November when the weather's not as nice those are going to be tough ones i i would suspect to draw from, for and and it is unfortunate because i think um you know i i think while this season has no doubt been disappointing i think if fans can still take a a big picture view there there's still some promising things here i mean that, now it's just gotten to the point of almost being ridiculous with the, the quarterback situation Um, where it's going to be real hard for them unless they can get either Tuttle or Phoenix back to to really compete against anyone the rest of the way, unfortunately. And so, you know, you you just don't want to see a, a, a season... Completely collapse and have all that fan enthusiasm and support can yeah. go with it.
1: Yeah, no question. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Check him out at thedailyhoosier.com, and you can also follow him at daily underscore hoosier on Twitter. Mike's been great to, to have you on the program. Look forward to continuing our conversations each week, and uh, thanks for all your insight.
3: Matt, it was a pleasure. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Texter writes on the Thornton's text line, I'm just a casual fan from Charlestown, but I already bought two tickets to the Marshall game for like $54 a ticket. So uh, there's uh, an excited fan here in southern Indiana that's going to be making a trip up for one of those early non-conference games. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Mike Pegram. The original Pigs joins the show We'll talk basketball, recruiting, and then with the remaining time, we'll hit a few football topics as well. There's a lot going on with recruiting night right now. Noah Clowney's decision coming up on November 1st. Ja'Kai Newton just joined the program with his commitment on Friday. Lots of other targets, including some new names. We'll talk that and more next on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Tuesday program. Mike Pegram of Peaks.com, my guest. And don't forget the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. You can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings every day on fuel. And, Mike, we're going to get basketball recruiting followed by a little football. I want to start with Noah Clowney. A lot of interest from fans in what Noah is going to announce on November 1. And, Mike, over the weekend, he was at Alabama for a rescheduled official visit. He took in an Alabama football game. They had a – sounds like a preseason – tied tip-off event. And then I think Alabama also had an exhibition game over the weekend that Clowney was able to be at. So uh, he was able to get a lot of experiences and uh, bang for his buck for that official visit. Yeah,
2: Alabama, from what our resources or sources, I should say, have indicated was a little bit behind like Indiana and Virginia Tech with this visit, really given them a chance. Just so impressive to see an Alabama football game and just to see what all that – money brings in for an athlete at that school. So um, they're definitely uh, under consideration by him. And he's, you know, really we're closing in on on his decision early next week.
1: And, uh, Mike, any thoughts? I mean, I know the general answer that you and others have shared (laughs) with us on the program is, you know, Indiana seems to be in a good position uh, with Noah Clowney. And a lot of times as these recruitments head into their final days – uh, words and, and rumors start to really swirl about yeah. who truly is the leader or where they are going to announce in advance of their actual announcement. Has there been any rumor mill or movement with anything as far as Clowney goes?
2: Well, uh, you know, I, uh, there are, are there a lot of people that still think he's going to pick Indiana, but it's um, nothing that's we're hearing that says he's made up his mind. You know, it's... Um, that may become within 24 to 48 hours of the decision, but uh, you know Virginia Tech has been strong with them from the from the beginning. Um, if there's a gun to my head, I might pick IU, but it's uh, nothing that I can maybe throw a crystal ball prediction or whatever we do in our business. And uh, that's kind of where we are.
1: I got it, Mike Pegrampeaks dot I guess Mike, you've covered uh, IU recruiting at a level like no one else for so many years, and so I'm always curious. Your thoughts when IU adds someone to the program. And Ja'Kai Newton of Newton High School in Georgia committed to the Hoosiers in the class of 2023 on Friday. I know you've had a chance to follow this recruitment and to see him play. What are your thoughts on this addition to the Hoosiers once he finishes his high school career next year?
2: I think he's underrated. A lot of players from the South are – such tremendous upside he's a a really good athlete he's six foot three six foot four can play both guard positions which is extremely valuable allows Indiana to continue to recruit the same players they were they were on from his class It gets a you know head start on that 23 class so they can you know devote to the specific needs or the really high level players he's a really good athlete he's got a nice form on his jumper uh can can handle the ball just a lot of upside for him both on defense and offense and he plays hard i think that's uh, the most underrated thing in, in recruiting right now Is just does a guy play hard Is he playing level i call it gear five you know and he does
1: it, with newton in the fold now in 2023 uh when you look at i know the transfer portal changes things so very much and roster management has become just a almost a common term when you talk about responsibilities for a, a division one college coach these days but uh, with who's on the roster now, and if you look at the breakdown by class, by grade, uh, with Newton in the fold, what's the next need in that class for Indiana? They're targeting a lot of guys. There's a number of scholarship offers out there. There have been guys on campus. Xavier Booker is another big name from in-state. But what's the real need in that recruiting class if you look at things as they break down on paper?
2: Well, I still think they need a knock. Knockdown shooter. Um, I think they have okay shooters on the team. I've seen guys who, um, you know, Parker Stewart and Anthony Leal can hit shots, but need a little bit of time. Maybe a good catch and shoot guy, but maybe not someone who shoots it well off the dribble per se. They could use a guy who can shoot it no matter if it's off the dribble or on or a catch and shoot situation. And I think they need some size, though they may address it with Noah Clowney next week.
1: Mike Pegram, Peaks.com, my guest. Mike, a little IU football before we close out this segment yeah. and today's show. Uh, what in the world is going on with the injuries and the quarterback situation? Michael Penix has been listed as week-to-week now for a number of weeks. Jack Tuttle, after his, we think, foot injury, now listed as week-to-week as well. And Donovan McCauley expected to be the starter when IU takes on Maryland this weekend. Uh, are we going to see Pennix uh, at all later this season? Is, is this something where he still truly is week-to-week on what happens? Do we have any insight on these injuries with IU's quarterbacks?
2: You know, I would be surprised to see him... Um, Saturday, that's for sure. And, you know, I don't know if, they, if we will see him at all the rest of the season, but I, I'm not going to say that, um, um, Jack Toddle uh, kind of day to day, um, did, luckily the x-rays and the MRIs didn't show anything that was uh, season ending, but there is concern on what they did show in terms of him playing on Saturday. Everything I wrote a story just this morning about the offensive line and its and its problems and everything kind of flows from that. When you you can't block people, quarterbacks get hit hard, they get hurt, or the quarterback plays tentatively. And uh they just haven't you know, the competition plays a part of it, but they just haven't blocked well at all. And they haven't been put in you know, the offense, it's just been awful. I think they're four last in the Big Ten now in both total yardage and in points scored in league play. It's just um everything kind of flows from that and uh they just have to recruit better offensive linemen. That's bottom line. And then maybe their quarterbacks will stay healthier.
1: Mike, as we close out, we've got about 30 seconds left. Uh, Maryland on the road this week. Michigan on the road the following week. Can this Indiana team win some additional games? Can there be any momentum the rest of the way?
2: Well, they have to win Saturday. It's a must win. I don't no other two ways about it. They need to be the teams that are, are not ranked on the schedule, and that's everybody but Michigan. If they do that, they still eke in, a, you know, a six-win 6, six win postseason bowl opportunity. But they have no margin for uh, – they have to beat everybody but Michigan.
1: Absolutely. Mike Pegram, Peaks.com. Mike, as always, thanks for joining us today.
2: Talk to you next week. Take care.
1: That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday program. Check us out as a podcast if you missed the live show Available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Busy week here on the show. Join us tomorrow at 11 a.m. This is The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.